What's going on, friends? Welcome back to Forward Progress, live here on the Forward Progress YouTube channel, part of the Hammer Betting Network and powered by Pinnacle Sportsbook. Guys, I just want to quickly say before I get into things, last show was a blast. We had a lot of fun. So let's get that comment section going again. If you have any questions prop related, we're going to fire them at Hitman in a second here shortly. But before we get into those questions and before we bring on Hitman here, got a couple things to get to. First of all, hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. You guys have been doing a great job of doing that. We are 500 subs behind the Hit the Books YouTube channel. Guys, we got to pick that up a little bit more here. We crossed the 3,000 barrier and we appreciate that. But a reminder, hit that subscribe button. Hit that like button. Helps us get exposed in the YouTube algorithm. And it'll suggest us to other people who like this sort of content. So one more time, hit that like button. Hit subscribe button. And if you're listening on audio, drop us a review. And then come over to YouTube. Hit that like button. Hit the subscribe button for the last time there. So of course, without... Further ado, none of this would be possible without our sponsors over at Pinnacle. Pinnacle is the world's sharpest sports book, offering competitive odds for 25 years. We love to preach line shopping on this channel. And with everyday competitive odds, Pinnacle should be one of your available outs. If you're looking to support the show, make sure you use code HAMMER when signing up to Pinnacle. Your trusted sports book for 25 years. Bet smart. Bet Pinnacle. Must be 19 plus in Ontario. Please play responsibly. And not available in the U.S. Guys, today... You know how it goes. We got Hitman joining the show with us here. Uh, professional sports better. Sorry, former professional sports better. Uh, a, a aspiring Corn Fairy Tour golfer, I hear as well. Might have to be it. Uh, it's been <laughs> a tough. It, it, it's been a tough prop year for a lot of people. This show's done fine with the props, but just overall, for me, it's been tougher than years past. And there, there's a multitude of reasons for it. But I still think there's a lot of value in the prop market market that can be had. So well, let's continue some success that we've had on this show, at least. Exactly. Let's continue that success. And a quick reminder before we get into these questions today, Hitman, drop those comments down below, guys. We'll be taking a look at, at the comment section. If you have any questions about any props, we had a blast doing it last week. Let's do it again this week. So uh, don't forget to drop those comments in the side right there, right on the side. So. Uh, let's just get started here. Usually, I like to start with injuries when we talk about this because, uh, I mean, that's kind of the best way to expose the prop market here is to like look at injuries and playing time and the distribution of that. But, I mean, both teams are relatively healthy here. So, let's just get right into it. I mean, the Bears, all the talk this year coming in the season is Justin Fields and his affinity to run the ball. But, like, we've seen almost none of that this year. So, do you think we'll see a, an uptick of design runs as the season goes on for the Bears here? Uh, Justin Fields' rushing total is at 46 and a half. I don't think he's cleared that yet this year. So, like, what are your thoughts on Justin Fields as a quarterback, his rushing total, and if they'll run the ball and, and scheme up more runs? I'll tell you what. I, I got this completely wrong the, the last two weeks. And I was playing Justin Fields the last two weeks, like over 57 and a half-ish rushing yards. And my logic behind that, is this was a guy that was lined in the 70s last year at the end of last year. And what was happening is the first two weeks, he was it was pretty apparent that they didn't want him running as much. He was trying to be a pocket quarterback, didn't have success in the first two games. So before the Kansas City game in week three, we had that whole press conference where Fields was saying, I need to stop thinking so much. I need to play with my instinct. And what does that signal to you? Play with my instincts, stop thinking so much. It means run more like he did last year. And there was even reports from like Jay Glazer saying like, oh, Chicago's going to run fields like they did last year and everything. So I've been betting his overs the last two weeks. The Kansas City game, it 
he had a chance to go over. He had, I think, seven designed runs mm-hmm. in that game, which is a good number. Just didn't didn't get there on on, on the total rush yard. So I didn't hate that. Uh, last week was the game that was concerning because it was a game where there was a lot of points scored. He had a lot of volume and he just torched Denver through the air in that game. So, but you know what? If you're going to play an under, I mean, it's just been adjusted so much. It's been adjusted 12 yards of what it was the last two weeks. It's been adjusted 25 yards off of what it was the, um, at the end of last year. So it's really it's a stay away for me. I'm not going to get involved in the over again. I've been burnt by it too many times. But if you're playing the under right now, you're really playing it at the absolute bottom of the market. And Washington has been very vulnerable to quarterbacks running the ball this year. If you look at their box scores, Jalen Hurts had success. Josh Allen had success running against them. Um, Russell Wilson, who hasn't been running this year, had like 50 rushing yards against mm-hmm. Washington. So you know what? Gun the head, I'd lean over on fields rushing, but I've I've been burnt by. I'm I'm not probably don't end up playing it again this year. I'm sure it'll hit this week. Yeah, you, you just that's how that's how it works, honestly. But yeah, that's kind of what I was leaning towards here because I mean we haven't seen the design runs, but the way that Washington plays defense, they have like a strong front seven. They really really like to pressure the quarterback here, and I mean I I, I don't know. Uh, I think it makes sense because you're buying at the bottom of the barrel, but also it's so hard to bet anything to do with the Chicago bears this year as, as it's been previous years. Like, I mean, they're just a despicable organization here. Let's move on to the other side of the football. Uh, We got Sam Howell in at quarterback for the Washington commanders. He's actually competent for them. I mean, he's been able to push the ball downfield. Eric B has been able to scheme up a lot of good looks for him. Um, I mean, Last week, what did he have? He had around 299 passing yards, clearing his uh, yardage total of 243. He's cleared that total right now, uh, two of four games. 31 and a half passing attempts is the line for him. What are your thoughts on Sam Howell, on his passing attempts, on his passing yards, and uh, just your thoughts on, I guess, passing attempts and passing yards in general with quarterbacks? Is it matchup dependent? How does it work? How do you play? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's been bet up from earlier. There was a release from a service on how over 30 and a half or 29 and a half or 30 and a half pass attempts. So it's been bet up. Um, I agreed with it. It seems like Chicago's secondary is just so banged up right now that it, I mean, it's a great matchup for him. And the thing about Howell's passing attempts in recent weeks has been, he's taken so many sacks. The dropbacks mm. have been there, but he's taken so many sacks and the, the Bears are at least one team that's not going to be putting that much pressure on Sam Howe. I think they have one or two sacks on the entire season. Like There's a league-worst pass rush as well as a, a league-worst secondary. But I'll tell you what, maybe it's an in-game thing where if you see – if Washington does get down in this game at some point mm-hmm. – like they can't, the Chicago's defense cannot stop any quarterbacks, especially if they become in like a comeback mode. So maybe it's something you look at in game. If the, Chicago gets up seven nothing or something, we say, all right, you know what? Sam Howell is going to be able to torch this Bears defense as long as he gets volume. So nothing for me pre flop, but I think just monitor maybe that if Sam Howell is forced to throw a lot and not hand off to Brian Robinson, then he should have a lot of success. 
Yeah, I, I like that angle from you there. Uh, quick question from the chat from Eric here. Uh, thoughts on DJ Moore over 54 and a half? He played it at 49 and a half earlier. I mean, we have some sharp chatters here. Uh, best line in market I see is actually the 50 and a half over at Pinnacle. The over is at minus 118. Guys, a, remi a reminder, if you're going to drop plays in the chat, just add the odds as well. Just gives us a better uh, kind of view and we'll be able to talk about them a little bit more. But what are your thoughts on DJ Moore over 50 and a half or over 54 and a half like what number would you play that up to and what odds would you put that to um th there was a release on the over 54 and a half i kind of thought that that was a fair fairish number so i was kind of hoping maybe it got bet up into the high 50s and maybe i would consider an underplay doesn't look like it's gonna happen um at 50 and a half again there could be two right sides to a bet like if i think something yeah. should be 54 and a half then over 50 and a half could have slight value and under 59 and a half could have value so 50 and a half i i definitely would lean towards the over and you know what not not the worst idea to play that now and then shop around because there's a lot of 56 and a half so there's a 57 and a half out there at other places not the worst. I mean, both both sides could have value where it's a slightly profitable middle. So I think maybe that over 50 and a half is not a bad look. And if you don't like it, come come game time, you play back the other way. Yeah. And uh, I mean, Eric's saying the market is all over it because of the release earlier today. I mean, hey, the 50 and a half is still there at Pinnacle, the minus 118. Take that if, if you're looking if you like that pick, you can take that over. And like Hitman said, wait closer to game time because usually we see these totals creep up. Might even be able to get like especially, a nice middle. Like especially if you have a lot of outs, which we always encourage, like mm -hmm. getting a lot of sports bucks and everything. If you have a lot of outs, like on a lot of these public players, like DJ Moore, uh, Terry McLaurin, just public Brian Robinson, you can get some good unders closer to game time. So it's not always a bad idea to like take a guy like DJ Moore over 50 and a half at Pinnacle right now. And if you do have a lot of outs say, hey, you know what? Maybe before game time, I play back the other way on a 56 and a half, 57 and a half. Yeah, I'm going to take that once we hop off here on the show and then wait towards game time. We can't do that here on the show, which sucks. I wish we could lock in game, lock in plays right before game time, but we're trying to get some plays to you. Uh, let's let's shift kind of focus here, guys. Remember, you can drop plays in the chat, but let's shift focus here. Let's talk about the, the running backs of the Washington Commanders because it's kind of, I don't want to say it's like a two-headed monster because it seems like Brian Robinson has kind of earned his spot, earned his role. I mean, he has over 60% snap share in three of the four games. The one game he didn't get the 60% snap share. It was a game against the Bills. It was a blowout. I don't I don't expect this game to be that much of a blowout in terms of, in the same way the Bills game was here for the Washington Commanders. But I mean, what are your thoughts on that backfield intent in general? We were talking a little bit before. You kind of liked Antonio Gibson, maybe. What, what are you looking at with this game? So I actually liked Antonio Gibson under... Um, he was a bet of mine earlier in the week at 22 and a half, 21 and a half rushing yards and 38 and a half, 37 and a half and 36 and a half total yards. Um, if, if you shop around, you might be able to find, I think, a 35 and a half on his Russian receiving. That's kind of the borderline of where I would continue to play under. Any less than that, it's a pass for me. But mm -hmm. I kind of thought that this was a Brian Robinson game, personally. And Antonio Gibson, when he does get in the games, it's typically when they're in a trailing game script. And obviously, we can anticipate that Washington is going to be in a uh, 
leading game script or at least neutral game script for a lot of this game. And also Antonio Gibson has been a fumble machine this year and he's one fumble away from not from he's going to not play a lot. So you have that going for you as well with his unders. So I, I leaned, I, I kind of like his under 35 and a half is the lowest I can go to because it's already been bet down on the total yards and Brian Robinson. I like the, I like the overs, but again, it's just a common theme. I'm going to say like a lot of times these numbers get bet up by the time mm-hmm. we go to game time. So I can't get behind the Robinson overs right now in the high sixties, but I thought that the low sixties weren't a bad look. Yeah. Uh, I mean, with, well, let's, let's stick with Antonio Gibson here for a sec. Cause we have a couple messages in the chat here. I believe Kyle Estrada's you can, you can correct me in the chat if I'm wrong here, Kyle, but you're talking about uh, one book has the under 36 and a half for his total yards at minus one thirty. Is that something that you'd be looking for? Or is that minus one thirty too much juice? And then also yes. Alpha Sports Advisory, advisory, excuse me, mentioned the under on carries. I can't find that right now. Uh, Alpha Sports, if you can drop in the chat the odds and the number that you got on that, it'd be very helpful here. But uh, yeah, what are your thoughts on those two? If if the, those are even a bit, that last one's even. Um, it's a, it's a little. It's a little too juicy. Again, when when I'm get, saying a play is a little bit thinner, like every five ten cents makes a difference. Yeah, and one thirty's just kind of a little. I would probably want on a thirty six and a half. I'd probably like one twenty five would be the max that I go to, and on a thirty five and a half, I do see a one eighteen out there, which I think is bettable. Um, yeah, one thirty's just like a little a little bit past my, my price range and the carries i mean he's gotten so few carries I, yeah. last week was his biggest game of carries where it was six and i think that the market was like around five ish on his carries last time i looked so again i, I kind of like the total yards better yeah. just because if I, they do play the game script i anticipate them playing he might not get as much work in general with the passing game and the rushing game. So that, that that's where I'm kind of at, at on that. If you All see right. a five and a half carries, I would play under four and a half is kind of a little thin, but if you do see a five and a half at some point, I would play under. So just, just to extrapolate that and just pick at that a little bit more, like an under five and a half, you'd need like around a minus 110, 120. And then the four and a half, you'd probably need like a little bit more, like a plus 120, no, Five and a half could be juiced a little bit more. Okay. Like maybe like minus 140-ish off the top of my head. And maybe if you're going to play a four and a half, you're getting like a plus 130, plus 140 on it. Cool. I love that. I love that. All right. I, now let's let's flip back over to Brian Robinson here. Brian, excuse me, Brian Robinson here because, I mean, George Silfides, who is, uh, you know, on this show has talked, I've been talking a little bit with him behind the scenes and he, he fed me some interesting stats and kind of led me in the direction of Brian Robinson receptions, right? Uh, Chicago's defense on average allows 5.75 receptions and 58 and a half rushing yard, or excuse me, receiving yards per game to running backs. I mean, RBs also have scored eight touchdowns against them. Other teams have loved to use their running backs against the Chicago defense. And from George's perspective, uh, watching the film on them, they have a pretty good screen game. Washington here, so I mean, rush or receiving yards for Brian Robinson, it's sitting at seven and a half right now, six and a half at a lot of other places, seven and a half right now, six and a half minus one twenty-two at Pinnacle. Would you lean towards the over there? And then also his receptions, uh, it's sitting at one and a half right now, and I believe 
It is even money if I can find it here for a second. Sorry, yes, it's plus 100 towards the over. And I see actually a plus 125 out there, which I didn't see earlier. And the plus 123 over at Pinnacle is one of the better prices in market. Are you? Would you look towards that? Would you allow me to make a play on this on the on the vet stamp account for this? I know you're the pro better here, but what are your thoughts on those those plays? Yeah, I um I lean towards Robinson over. I don't disagree with a lot of what uh, George said, and. One thing that would add on to any Robinson handicap is that he has been used a lot more in the passing game this season, or at least there's been a lot of talk about how he's going to get more passing down work, whereas last year he was getting essentially no pass down work. And if we think that this is a game where Robinson does see more usage, I I would definitely lean towards a, a Robinson over in the passing game also. And that's been something that hasn't been that the rush yards have been getting crushed on over, over on him, but pass game hasn't gotten much looks from many people. So I, I could lean towards a Robinson over. Okay. You can lean towards that. You're not, are you willing to lock both those plays in at a corner unit here though? Just for, just to humor me here. If not all good, we can pass on it. You let, you let me know right now. If I could get if I could get a Gibson under 35 and a half minus half minus one eighteen, I'll, I'll put in that for a half unit. Done. But, done. I'll lock that in right now. you can find if you shop around. Shop around, yeah. everybody. You could find that. So the 35 and a half minus 118, I see it right here. I'm going to lock that in here. Half unit for Antonio Gibson under 35 and a half minus 118. Uh, don't forget to shop around, as Hitman says, because you always want to get the best number available. Hitman, I only have you for a little bit longer here. So before we go, same thing I ask you every time on this show. First thing, any props you have an eye on for Sunday? All right, I'm going to give you – so we've had success with these. I told everybody uh, regular season win total markets. They update at a lot of places every, every Tuesday, Wednesday. I mentioned the uh, the first time I gave one out, I said the Jets under 8.5, minus 150. We're looking good on that. Good start. Last week I mentioned – and I love these markets, by the way, because – it's just an easier market to attack. It doesn't get a ton of attention. Um, last week, Chicago Bears under five and a half gave out. Looking good. We got we're down to four and a half on Chicago. I'm gonna give two that I bet this week. I double double down with Chicago again under four and a half. You could find that around minus one twenty ish. Under four and a half wins. I made that four. So obviously, we're getting a half win of value and it's in a shortened season now where there's only 13 games left. So that half win means way more than it would even mean in like before week one. So I like Chicago under four and a half wins, minus 120, double down. And then um Carolina Panthers under four and a half wins. You can find that in the minus 120-ish range as well. I also made the Panthers win total at four. So yeah. Beautiful. We appreciate that value coming from you. And then obviously the last two things before you get out of here, it sucks that we have these wide spreads because I love to do the unofficial prediction for tonight's game. But I mean, I'm going to guess, I think I'll know where you're going with this, but unofficial prediction for tonight's game. And then after that first TD prop that you like, or last TD prop or anytime TD prop, just anything in the TD prop market. Cause I know you don't believe in those first TD. So Chicago, man, I'm, I'm pissed because I was so close to firing on Chicago plus seven. And it didn't last long. It lasted yeah. like 30 minutes. Um, my numbers, even at six, is like the slightest of leans toward Chicago. Probably doesn't even end up a bet. But if you want some pizza action, Chicago plus six. 
and um, an anytime touchdown or a first touchdown. Again, not something I'm betting. I'll keep reminding everyone. <laughs> but Chicago has used a lot more two tight end sets recently since they've deactivated Chase Claypool. So give me a whatever the hell Robert Tanyan is for the, the smallest of bets. We'll, we'll go Robert Tanyan anytime right. touchdown or a first touchdown. His first touchdown is 80 to one right now is best in 80 market. to one. There we go. <laughs> and it's anytime is 13 to one. Uh, you can shop around for that. That's pretty bananas. All right. Hitman. I appreciate it. We'll talk soon. All right. Thanks, Hitman. Thank you for having me. Talk to you guys later. See you, Hitman. All right. That was Hitman. Former pro better. No, just kidding. He's still a pro better. Um, yeah, guys, appreciate all the questions we had in the chat. Chat is firing as usual. Just one thing I ask of you before we get on to our next guest, hit that like button, guys. We're, I think we're around only 25 likes. You're only around 16 likes here and 86 people watching, guys. Come on, do me a favor. Get those likes up or the pizza man's going to can me. Do me a favor, guys. You don't want to see me gone? Smash the like button. Uh, and if you want to see me gone, dro drop it in the comments. Uh, anyways, moving on from there. Thank you so much to Hitman. Uh, and if anyone missed out, we locked in an Antonio Gibson under 30. We're going to get back to Eric in a second here. Can you guys hear me? My internet just cut out. Am I good? Am I good? Sorry about that, guys. Internet's giving me a lot of issues today. But I think we're good. I think we're back now. Pizzola's going to stuff me in that closet after he sees that. Um, bring it on, Eric Eager. Sorry about that, guys. Sorry about that. Bring it on, Eric Eager. Eric, can you hear me? I can. I, I thought it was me actually. Uh, I'm in a basement in uh, in uh, my parents' house in in uh, Minneapolis or, or Minnesota. Sorry, but I uh, but I'm I'm glad to know it wasn't me. Uh, I'm excited to I'm excited to talk football tonight, man. Yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun. Sorry about that chat, by the way. I don't know. I just lost bars there for a second. Internet not doing too hot, but hopefully we can stick together here for a bit. Uh, Eric Eager from Sumer Sports. Eric, I loved your talk earlier today on the Sumer Sports Show uh, podcast. Just dropped. Recently, if you haven't checked it out, go check it out, guys. You can find it on all available podcasting platforms. This is kind of what I want to lead with here today. The Bears, for a while now, have been horrible. And kind of what you talked about on the show was the process of hire, hiring head coaches and, and GMs and how it's kind of been flawed. And that conversation sparked up because of the Matt Eberflus, I guess, rumors or, were, or reports that he may be fired. I mean, I checked out those markets. I was shocked. He's minus 200 right now to be uh, fired from his job, which is kind of crazy. But like, what are your thoughts on that situation in general? And uh, maybe you want to talk a little bit about that discussion you had on the Sumer Sports Show here. Yeah, the, the big thing, a lot of the stuff Thomas and I were talking about were like the minutia of how a coach and GM get hired. And, you know, the big thing um, with, you know, the Bears is that Eberflus and Poles, Ryan Poles, the GM, like both have the same agent um, and we're both hired at the same time. Kind of a package deal. That doesn't mean that one of them can't get fired without the other. It just makes it harder, I think. And, mm -hmm. you know, when I think about that market, if it's minus 200 on Eberflus to be the first coach fired, like if you can find a clean way to bet the no on that, like it's probably plus EV. Um, the Bears have never fired a coach in the middle of a season. Uh, so, or haven't in forever. I can't remember exactly if it's never or never in the modern era, but it's really rarely happens. Matt Nagy was one where there was always these like, oh, you know, it's a mini buy. Maybe they'll get rid of Matt Nagy, and they just never did. And and you know, the McCaskies—they're they're looking for yeah. You know, there, there's the other side of it where it's like maybe maybe they're looking for money for a public stadium outside of the the Chicago city, city limits. Maybe they have to make some. You know, they have to act. They're already without Allen Williams, who would have been 
one of the people who could have been the interim head coach as well. So there's not a ton in the way of like people to replace um, Iberfus as well. And, you know, outside of offset language, like these contracts are guaranteed. So if they were to fire Iberfus, they would still have to pay him whatever the difference is between his. And I actually don't know if he has offset. Most of them have offset language, but like it would either have to pay him his whole salary for not coaching or whatever his salary was minus whatever he'd get as a defensive coordinator, wherever he'd go. So I, I honestly, like this is one where I think it make in the first blush, the five minute handicap of it would make Iberflus the the most likely coach fired, but I actually don't think it will. I don't actually think he'll be the first coach fired. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair to say. I don't, I'm not sure where you find those markets, but if you can find them, I like that. The, the no on the minus 200 there versus yes on Matt Iberflus first coach to be fired. It was more so of an open field there. Um, let's talk about my, my movement for this game. Cause another thing you mentioned on the streamer sports show and something that I've been watching uh, throughout the week, it's a lot more fun to watch these markets move when there's not just one way action, which is kind of as what it felt like there's been on almost every game the last two weeks. There's been kind of like an ebb and flow push and pull in the market. We saw it open at around six, jumped up to like, went down to like five up to seven and a half down to five back at six. Like it's been all over the place. So my question to you is, were you able to grab any of those? I don't want to call them rogue numbers, but like those maybe extreme ends of those numbers. And are you looking to maybe buy any towards game time? And if you are, what are the numbers are you looking for here? Yeah, I make the game six and a half. So seven was seven was something that made a lot of sense. Um, uh, now, you know, I, I know that, um, you know, now it's kind of at six and, you know, you could try to, you know, possibly uh, get get us like a half middle on a game like that. It's not it's not there's not enough juice to be worth the squeeze there. Um, so I do, you know, if it got back up to seven, I think the Bears are always enticing. They have a lot to them. Both of these quarterbacks, you know, the, their biggest weakness, frankly, is the fact they take a lot of sacks. The problem is for this one, and this is why I do agree with Pizzola's pick uh, on the show yesterday of over, because, uh, you know, the Bears had 20 sacks all of last year. They, they've come out of the gate. I can't remember how many they had on Sunday, but they had one in the first three games. I know that. Um, you know, Washington can get pressure on the quarterback for sure. But then you have the the possibility of, of Justin Fields running with the ball and the big plays to more. I know uh, right angle sports had the over on more uh, and moved that market 10 yards. Um, I, I think that there's going to be enough big plays in this game where over a number lower than 45 is, is probably pretty solid. The NFL, as we've said on this show a number of times, has turned into kind of like a make the other team drive for seven minutes and hope they kick a field goal, which is death for an over. Uh, I think this will be a little bit of a throwback though tonight. Yeah. It feels like it, especially with the teams, the two teams kind of are more turnover prone. I want to say, and plus porous defense on both sides should be a lot of fun. Hopefully it's a lot of fun or my eyes. I mean, I don't know if I can handle another, another repeat of what happened last year between the, the bears and the commanders. It'll be a privilege though, regardless. Um, Eric, you're a big KC fan, right? I think everyone knows that. And you obviously know, I, I messaged you earlier in the week about Eric Bieniemy, just asking about the Kansas City Chiefs. But we're going to go on the other side of things. How, what are your thoughts on Bieniemy so far as the OC of the commanders and his play calling ability? I was personally caught off guard with how spread out the ball is kind of, how the ball is being spread out here. I mean, McLaurin has 26 targets. Dotson has 25. Samuel, 20. Uh, Logan Thomas has 14 targets through three games. He missed one game. Yeah, uh, they're spreading the ball out a ton. I didn't really expect that, but I guess looking back at Kansas City last year, they kind of did a similar thing. Um, did you expect to see that? And like, what are your thoughts on BNME so far as as an OC? Uh, in, in I think it's been good. The limitations with Howell have been, you know, the fact that when he was in college, he had a high sack rate, high pressure to sack convergence. Um, 
that stayed that way. And uh, outside the Buffalo game, which I think we'll all agree that Buffalo is kind of a house, they've done a pretty good job of mitigating those, you know, scoring points even with Sam Howell getting uh, getting sacked a lot. And a lot of that is because of big plays uh, down the field to McLaurin, down the field to Dotson, depending upon the game. Samuel has contributed, as to your point. Uh, and both and you know uh, and Robinson, the running back, Brian Robinson has had a, a decent amount of chunk plays there, mm-hmm. uh, especially in that Denver game. Now Denver's defense is about as bad as Chicago, so that's kind of a a, a harbinger of things to come. I think tonight, I've been impressed with the enemy. I think he's going to earn a head coaching job, if not in Washington, somewhere else here. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm impressed, and I think it was a good hire for them. A, a good. Uh, Kind of, you know, obviously a lateral move for Bianami in in title, but now he gets to call plays and really kind of dispel any of the doubts that people had about him as to whether or not he was a viable uh, head coaching candidate. Yeah, and he, I thought he's done very well as well. I want to reiterate everything you've said there. Let's help, hop over to tonight, though. Before we get into your bets, I made one bet and I tweeted this out earlier. I think the market's off on this price. It's a sixty to one price and it's a last TD. And I know there's not a lot of affinity towards those, but I mean. It's a last TD for the Bears. Hear me out here for a second. Last TD for the Bears. Bears are the underdogs by a significant margin. The total, we're expecting it to be a lot higher. I'm looking at Equinemius St. Brown. Last touchdown. It's 60 to 1 at some shops. And I mean, there's there's other books out there. like They're lining them at like 19 to 1. So, I mean, do you like that? Are you willing to play that? Am I crazy for doing that? What are your thoughts on that? I don't think it's bad at all. I mean, um, especially because there is a real chance that, you know, Washington, Washington, by the way, I didn't want to tweet this out because I, I, I some Washington has to be the worst team in NFL history to be favored by a touchdown twice in the first five <laughs> weeks, right? Like this is, um, you know, Arizona and then this game, like there's a chance that they're winning by margin and Equiminius St. Brown ends up getting his on a, on a play like that. There's another chief, uh, former Chiefs wide receiver that I like uh, in sort of the, the touchdown market differently but yeah i don't think it's bad at all i think it, you know him as well as um him as well as as byron pringle the, the former kansas city chief wide receiver i think are, are two good players to look at without chase claypool in the game yeah I, I like that so let's shift over to your bets tonight you had a first td bet here and you had a couple of reception bets so just lay them on me yeah i like dots i'll, I'll do full unit on dots and over three and a half um it's been more mclaurin of late uh but the Bears' secondary is bad kind of everywhere. And, you know, Dotson was kind of emerging as maybe the number one option there, and then McLaurin reclaimed it. Uh, I think it ebbs and flows to your point about the enemy kind of distributing the ball. I think Dotson mm-hmm. gets the four four or more catches necessary to go over tonight. Um, and then the, the one that I like for, for first touchdown is, is depending upon I, – I can see the price some places at 50-1, to one, uh, Byron Pringle first touchdown. Pringles did not play in week one, um, played a decent amount in week two – uh, but had his highest snap count in week four, just the last one that we saw. And that was a game that was close the whole time. So it, it's not something where he's just getting garbage minutes. Uh, he's a guy that the enemy trusts, obviously. He had eight touchdowns in 2021, if you count the playoffs, with Kansas City with the enemy uh, as the OC. So uh, I, I think he's he's a sneaky one here. Yeah, and Eric in the chat, super sharp. I have Equinemius St. Brown. Yeah. What is that? A thousand? I don't even know. Plus 13. 132 to one. Yeah. Yeah. That's, 132. That's, good, that's, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Uh, on that one. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. So, yeah, Jahan Dotson, just to recap here, minus 102, I find best price in market, over three and a half receptions. You want a full unit on that, correct? Sure. Yep. Yeah. So let's lock that in for full unit. And then we got Byron Pringle here. 55 to one is the best price. I can see in market here, going to put a 10th of a unit on that. Um, 
All right, Eric, let's let's shift over to Survivor. I mean, I t- I was I was nervous last week, man. I was I was nervous. We had the Chargers in Survivor and listen, there's a reason they call it Survivor and not like win and could be completely fine throughout the whole thing. Like we survived. We survived. So, uh you like two picks here this week. What are you leaning towards? What do you like? Who are you looking at? Yeah, well, so Detroit's big, you know, favored, and it's hard to see Carolina winning that game. I know Carolina won by margin against Detroit last year with a heavy running game, um, and Sam Darnold, that quarterback, there's not really that going on in in Carolina anymore. Um, Detroit, you know, is off of big rest. The only issue with Detroit is that, you know, in the Circus Survivor, for example, you have to play a team on Thanksgiving and Christmas, and, you know, they play Green Bay at home on Thanksgiving Given what we just saw last Thursday, Jason, I think that you could make a case that you would want to save Detroit for that game. Miami's another one where, um, you know, big favorites, you know, out to 11 or so against the Giants. Um, You know, the strategy might have gone from playing anybody playing the Cardinals to playing anybody playing the Giants. Mm -hmm. Uh, That that could be one as well. Um, So those are the two. It just depends upon what you want to play for Thanksgiving, I think. Uh, And those are the two chalky ones. I'd probably go with Miami just because the, the thing about, the Miami Dolphins, and I and I hate to say this, but it has to go in your handicap. Tua Tungavailoa's health is always is always something that you can't take for granted. So mm-hmm. if you have him him in a game off of a loss at home against a weak opponent uh, on short rest, it all makes sense, right? To to go with them uh, to win outright, especially when the quarterback is healthy. Yeah, so I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna lock it in here. I'm gonna make that final decision. And you sold me on the Tua stuff here. I'm gonna put in Miami, but I have a question for you. Uh, sticking with. Uh, survivor here and mass is thinking in the same lane as I am right yeah. now. We took Washington earlier in the season as our first pick. So we do not have them available on this current entry, but if you do have them available, are you taking them on Thursday? I think so. Just to the same point that I have, like Washington's not a great team. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're plucky, but this, if they win tonight, it's the first time they've been over 500 this late into the season or five games into the season since 2018, the Alex Smith, first year of the Alex Smith era. So uh, the short Alex Smith era in, in Washington. Mm-hmm. So, it, yeah, I mean, the 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 chances that you were going to get two games with their touchdown favorite were pretty low. And if you didn't take them the first time, uh, yeah, take them the second time. I, you know, the, it could blow up on you, obviously, with a young quarterback with nothing to lose, really, um, in fields. But uh, But that, to me, that's the third best pick of the week. Yeah, I like that. I like that. But again, we can't take that, unfortunately, because we did get that Washington pick early on week one of the season. There's a couple props in here that people dropped in the chat that Hitman did not get around to. I'm going to ask you a couple of them. Someone mentioned in the chat. Let me find it here for a second. Insight. Insight dropped Samuel anytime touchdown plus 290. Do you like that at that price or would you look for a higher price for Samuel? Uh, it. I think that's probably fair. Like the thing with Samuel is you're always I think that I think people are always going to gravitate towards that 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 pick because he's got rushing opportunities and you know that and they do manufacture touches for him mm-hmm. the enemy was always a guy that got Tyree killed the Anthony yeah. Thomas guys like that like those kind of plays near the in the red zone when he was with Kansas City so uh it, I, I don't hate it um I would probably want a bigger price just because to your point you have Dotson you have McLaurin you have Thomas uh, all options, Gibson and Robinson, all options near the goal line. So those those are there, there's just a lot of malice to feed there. But there may be a lot of touchdowns in this game, and if it's in any time, uh, it, it makes some sense to sprinkle some on on uh, on Samuel. Fair enough here. And then another question here from Eric: uh, What's your Sam Howell rush number? There's a rogue sixteen and a half out there right now. Under is minus one seventeen, or seems like the under that Eric's getting here is plus one hundred five. Do you like that for Sam Howell? I don't know if you're. Big into I, I don't just because I think that 
he will run the football some, and mm-hmm. he has run the football some. The only, the only, I, I don't like either side of that bet just because I think there is some uncertainty. The question is, mm-hmm. is are the Bears so bad defensively that he's going to pop off a long run? That's decently uh, likely. But are they so bad at rushing the passer? He might never have to escape the pocket. And um, so there, there's the part of him that's kind of jittery back there that you know runs me shouldn't have to. He had 1,100 rushing yards his senior year at North Carolina if you take out sacks. And you do take out sacks in the NFL. So mm-hmm. so he certainly is a rushing threat. Um, but I, I do wonder, the Bears are a cozy team defensively for quarterbacks in the pocket. And he might just stay there uh, the whole time. Yeah, and then uh, Eric's also looking at he asked about Howell anytime touchdown. We think he thinks it's playable over at Pinnacle. 376 right now is the best so probably the best price in market. There's one rogue number here. I don't I don't think that's available though uh, according to Betstamp. But yeah, plus 376 thoughts on Howell over at Pinnacle. Uh, I don't necessarily like that. I yeah, it, it might just be the Mahomes thing, but like yeah. Eric Bieniemy hasn't called the sneak really much at all uh during his tenure as offensive coordinator in uh, I have to look at the Washington numbers, but they, you know, you know that the Chiefs haven't really called a real quarterback sneak since 2019. Um, so, I, you know, it's just not one of those things that I think uh, it, it might not be in the in the arsenal for enemy as much as the average uh, coach. Uh, that could all be Mahomes, but there is a part of it where, um, if, you know, if he hasn't schemed it up for for years, it might just not even be in the playbook. Yeah, and then final question here coming from Damani asks, how about some under props, Khalil Harbert, under 50 rushing yards? I don't see if I see a 50 and a half out there at minus 125. Market consensus is like 48, 47, 46, anywhere from like minus 110 to my, I see a plus 105 over at Pinnacle on the 46 and a half. Would you look towards, I mean, would you look towards Khalil Herbert's rushing unders, or is that something you're saying? Uh, I, that one's one I think you got to see who's going to be active because they got Roshan mm-hmm. Johnson, obviously from Texas, who has been available. Um, they've they've sat down Deontay Foreman, healthy scratch a few times, and then they played him at times. I think if they if all three running backs are active, I think you could go with that under. I think if not, you know Her- Herbert's also an explosive player, and mm-hmm. so you know you could lose that in one or two runs. So I'm not true. I'm not that uh, bullish on that. I do think. Look, like, this is going to probably be other than the Miami game, the closest game the Bears have had. Um, and so, do do they want to keep the running game involved? Uh, and and Justin Fields does have you know a little bit of gravity as a runner. Linebackers really do respect him. And the linebackers for Washington uh, are not necessarily what I would consider the most discerning players in the world, right? So there there's just going to be, I think. I think I think Washington's defense is habitable in the run game. I'll just say that. Yeah, fair enough. Here, I love Khalil Herbert. I love the way he runs. He's always been one of the guys who gets those rushing yards over expected. I just want him to be free. I want him to get all the carries, not split a backfield like he's been doing for his entire career here. Chat, thank you so much for those questions, Eric. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, you can catch Eric tonight over on our live watch along with Rob Pizzola on the Hammer HQ. So go search the Hammer HQ on YouTube. You can catch Eric there. I believe third quarter, right, Eric? Uh, this week actually I'm on, I'm on vacation, so I'm not, oh. but Monday night I will be back for that, that Packers, the, the, uh, the Devontae Adams revenge game. I'll be back for that. All right. Sounds good. I'll be on that stream as well. So you can catch me and Eric again on that Monday stream. Uh, Eric, thank you so much for your time. We'll talk later. Jason, it's been fun. Take care. All right. See you, Eric. That was great guys. Thank you so much for the participation today in chat guys. We really appreciate it. And apologies again for that, uh, Little hiccup there on the audio and video front. Thank you guys for sticking with us here. Before we go, guys, I'm going to ask you two things. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. It really helps support the show. 
uh, mean a lot to me if you did that. And looks like I had some wrong information here. But regardless, Eric won't be on. But I know a couple a couple other people will be on, including G Stack George and a couple other Hammer HQ contributors over on the live watch along at eight o'clock on the Hammer HQ YouTube channel. So head over to that channel, drop a subscribe button, check out that stream. You can probably hit like the little reminder button there, and you'll be reminded when we go live. If you're watching the game solo, I love watching those games. Those watch alongs when I watch those games solo, they're a ton of fun to watch. And then finally tomorrow. Live here on this exact same channel at 2 p.m. I will be back again live alongside Matthew Freeman from the Fantasy Life, John Legaza from The Athletic, and Jack Miller from Establish the Run. We're talking all things player props. We're talking all things TD scores. We're taking a look at the Friday practice report, discussing all the injury fallouts, and we'll talk a little bit about the Thursday night football game. If it was bad, if it was fun, if it was good, if we won, if we lost, you can find all that on tomorrow's show. So for myself, for Eric Eager, for Hitman. This has been Forward Progress, powered by Pinnacle on the Hammer Betting Network. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in and good luck on your bets. Peace.